Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Hey you guys, welcome to another episode of Project Cheney. Um, I'm very lucky today. I am joined by Nikki from One Cosmic Love. Uh, that would be the account you would find her most at on Instagram. She's working on her website and other things. And maybe even a title of something she should call herself. We talk about it a little bit in the show, and I've even sent her a few of the ideas I've had that she should call herself since our episode. She is a very interesting woman, uh, interesting elf, interesting artist, and she has reached a point in her own journey that some of the traumas that would really plague someone or some of the things that we find it hard to talk about in this world and that usually stems to our sexuality, our root chakra. Nikki is very natural when she's talking about her sexuality and uh, her sexual traumas and uh, ways that people can heal from these things. And I think our interview is... uh, really enjoyable. I think she's enjoyable. The energy is so nice. It made me uh, reflect on a little of um, how maybe closed off I am sexually. And uh, not that I haven't had sexual experiences of whatever kind in the world that I've experienced that may we may or may not talk about on other episodes. But Trauma, sexual trauma, and whatever that means, and levels of severity. It made me even think of how many, much our movies and our television and our magazines and little ways that we may influence each other with small traumas that we experience every day. Um, how much stuff should we be witnessing and desensitized to? And what of that energy maybe do we bring in our sexual situations with people that we really care about? <clears throat> it made me also think of uh, just the energy of different drugs and alcohol and chemicals and that we invite into the bedroom with us in these situations that are supposed to be very divine. Sometimes even a child, like a human being is even made in the 
process, the alchemical process of making love or fucking, sometimes the kid's made and you've invited all these other energies or spirits into the room. And this isn't really anything. I don't, this isn't a religious slant. I really don't care what religion or what you believe in. Um, if you don't see that you could get somehow a dark passenger, like if you blackout drink or blackout whatever, who is riding you in the time you're not there? Who's having sex with your wife? Who's having sex with your boyfriend? Um, who's having sex with you? Uh, I don't know. This is kind of a heavy way to start the episode, but whatever. Let's get weird. I mean, this is by no means this, uh, my, my thoughts. <laughs> this is not what Nikki talks about. Nikki actually talks about, um, healing from all of these things and healing and different therapies from sound and mandalas and her own meditations and being a fairy. You know, it kind of blew my mind. So I hope you're open-minded enough to it too. But if you are here, you probably are already in a place that you are acceptance to hear a fun conversation between one cosmic love, Nikki, and me. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome back to Project Cheney. Here with me today, I have Nikki. You can find her at One Cosmic Love on Instagram. And she is an energy alchemist and an amazing artist. And we're maybe going to figure out another title to call her today because she doesn't quite like the word coach. And she healing isn't quite enough, but she does do all these really amazing things. And that's why I wanted to chat with her. So hi, Nikki. How are you? Hi, Cheney. I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing well. What's new in life? Anything crazy? I see that you've been on a lot of trips. Yeah, just trying to stay like I've had a lot of trauma in the family happen with this whole COVID shit. And um, so just kind of being here with family, it's like intense emotional stuff. So getting out, going on little van trips with my partner. And I just finished some pretty intense leadership training called it's called hardcore leadership and literally it was like kicked my ass it was like what is can't. leadership training <laughs> they literally like slay you into like all your shit just coming out like all the judgments all the they like intentionally trigger you in order to like get to the deep root cause of your victimhood so is everybody was, kind of a victim in real life like is this something absolutely we're like, all I'm playing our own fucking victims absolutely huh and you know there are some people out there that are like you know obviously doing the work and like becoming more uh quote enlightened 
but yeah, I think even myself, like I'm like, I've done so much work around, you know, reprogramming the subconscious mind, uh, empowering yourself, like breaking free of the matrix or whatever you want to call it. But I'm like, shit, I still have some victimhood in me just from dad issues or, or the fucking government is out to get me or COVID's attacking my family. It's like, no, what it's really teaching and something that I really took away. And I'm like, kind of like still integrating is an empowered person is standing there in their sovereignty by seeing themselves as source. Like, nothing is happening to you. It's actually happening kind of because of you, whatever the thoughts you're thinking, the, the feelings that you're having are attracting people, events, experiences to you. And we have the power to either judge that play the victim or be like, Hmm, question, stay curious. Like, how did I create that? How did I create this asshole coming into my life to like trigger me I did that oh I did that and most people don't want to take responsibility for the shitty things that happen in their life and that's what I saw a lot of in this like 200 person zoom class it's like a lot of people like you know I'll take responsibility for like creating my dream home for creating my family for doing all these awesome things but when it comes down to like, I got raped. How do you turn that into like a, a story of self empowerment? It's like not easy for people to like let that go. But I've been doing a pretty good job, I think. So it's exciting because, yeah, I just feel like in a world that we're living in right now, if we have a bunch of like self righteous or victimhood driven people, then collectively we're a self-righteous victim driven society. So the moment we shift our own personal consciousness and stand as, as source, as creator beings, that's when we shift the collective consciousness. So it's little things like that, that are really alive for me right now. No, I, I, I'm, it's mirroring, of my own life where we all like to say, you know, projection of what we project on other people of, you know, uh, good and bad. But I think both those things on the polar opposite, sometimes the people you love and admire the most and the skills that they have, you're projecting on them shit you have. You're projecting that love as well. And so the same thing on the opposite end, that when you look at someone and you're like, that fuck, that person is just a piece of shit. That's you too. Absolutely. That's you and too. And that's hard. It's hard to admit that or take responsibility for that. Yeah. I know. It's such a crazy, um, to be in a, I don't know. Yeah. To be in a place in the world of being a part of, you know, I've talked to people of all different religions and, of, of the Trinity, if if you are even whatever religion you want to think of yourself as, the Holy Spirit, the spirit part exists in that, and that is you. That has to be you. That is just as important to expand Source as 
the Big Bang itself, like your authenticity and you living in love and that expands God and everybody else living in their authenticity, going in separate directions just makes God bigger and bigger and bigger. But we can't do that just constantly playing victims all the time. But I'm, I, it's so crazy. I've just been thinking this in my own life of just all the look what happened to me. Look at what I've done, like, or even the ways that uh, my cape of like, well, I haven't worn a mask all year. Like, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? You know, like, really, like, we've all put these like hero capes on ourselves in the last year. God, isn't, yep. We're either heroes or victims. <laughs> yep, exactly. But I think I'm finding there is like a healthy balance. And that may just be like coming from the head into the heart. And like cultivating that compassion or just like really understanding non-judgment, like as a, it's such a concept, but as like an embodied, like how we live that out, it's like, it's a neutral experience until we put our filters on it. Everything is a neutral experience until we think about it. You know, it's like, it's hard to explain that because we still need to feel our emotions. We need to feel our anger. We need to feel the frustration, all that shit. But we do. Is that the observer effect? I think so. That's a total word that sometimes. Or it doesn't really exist unless you, it's, you notice it. Yes. Did the tree make a sound if no one heard it? Well, that's the simulation idea of rendering. If no one's thinking about it, then it doesn't exist at all. Exactly. My, the, I've been finding my first question for everybody is what is God to you right now? Mm. Mm. God to me is source energy. It's the, the aspect of nature that the aspect of ourselves that you don't really necessarily get to understand we don't really understand how the fucking caterpillar cocoons and turns into a butterfly. That's like an alchemical magic. We don't really understand how all of our systems are operating, but we're here existing as these like infinite quantum beings that have been obviously trapped in a sort of non-God simulation agenda. But God to me is like our sovereignty. It's we are God. That's like the whole key here. It's like we've been giving our power away to these systems that are supposedly secure or going to take care of us or giving our power away to mom and dad as a children. So it's really we like conscious parenting. It's like we have to reparent ourselves, realizing like we are God. We are God. So that's, I don't know if that's a a good or bad or whatever definition, but that's where I'm at right now. And in a more simple way, I just would say like nature, it's God to me, nature. Like that's when I see God. Or If you took a picture of it, like if you showed somebody like this image to me is so godly, what would it look like? Mm. The first thing that came to mind was a yoni, but what's a yoni? (laughs) Oh, you, uh, a, a pussy, a vagina, but it's, it's, it's a word, it's a word that's like more, uh, used now in like the sacred sexuality, like realm. Yoni means a sacred space. Oh, that's a really nice word though. Yeah. You're and yoni. it's fun to say it. You're Yoni. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. 
It sounds like and less creepy than some. Some, right. So that, or let's say like a flower, but that's what I, that's probably why I thought of Yoni is because like a flower, that would be a most representation of me, right? For me right now in this moment. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like that. It's like in so many ways, just a flower blooming and the bee that goes in it and the nectar that comes out of it and the honey that's made. Yeah. It's pretty wonderful. Like uh, honey in general is pretty crazy. And my mom's name is Honey. So I feel like I've always been a little like more connected to. Is that your mom's name? Yes. That's really (laughs) cute. That's awesome. I, my grandmother, we used to call her Sugar Honey. Oh, like my Nana, Nana, her name, like her nickname was Honey. And then my mom was like the last born. And she's like, I'm just going to name you my nickname. So they were both Honey. What's her middle name? It's not good. It, she hates it. <laughs> it's Margaret. It's like a, such a white name. Honey Margaret. Margaret. I know. <laughs> she gets the honey, but honey is such a great name. Mm, it's so fun. So now she like embraces honey. it. Exactly. She's embracing it now. Have you? Are, is your mom from the South? No, she's. we're all from Riverside, California. Oh, I don't know why. I just thought you were from Texas everyone i'm swear cheney everyone thinks that they're like you're from the south i'm like no but there's gotta be something because ever since i was a kid people ask me that are you from texas really i I mean i've never i had never even been around (laughs) so you're from riverside california okay i spent some time in socal i like it down there all right did you grow up in church at all oh yeah oh yeah what kind of church well, first it was Catholic, like baptized as a baby Catholic. Uh, then my mom got married to my stepfather when I was around two and a half, three years old. And his dad was a Baptist preacher. So then we started going to like Ooh. Baptist. Yeah. That's heavy. Uh, heavy. And then let's see, probably around basically, oh, I think. Uh, 11 or 12 years old, I was sent to purity retreat and it was an all girls purity camp because I was kind of acting up and getting drunk and doing all the things that were, that looked bad. I have to uh, say, SoCal kids grow up faster than any of my other friends. Any, I hear that. It's pretty insane. When they tell me their stories of when they first smoked pot, when they first drank, the shit that went on, the people they hung out with, I'm always like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I know because I look around now at like 11, 12 years old kids and I'm like, what the hell? You guys are babies. But what I was doing at their age was like psychotic. I was driving. I was stealing my mom's car every night, like just going out to like joy ride so um purity yeah. retreat you in purity retreat what's a purity yeah. retreat like what happens oh god it was like so uh fear-based like fear-based like it was about becoming pure again like we were these sinners these like 12 year old kids like telling us like how much we're, we're sinners, we're born into sin and that uh, we needed basically to be repurified by Jesus Christ. And I had been raped at that time. I had just been raped of my virginity. 
So it was very mixed message for me. I was like, I mean, how did that, do you mind going into that? No, absolutely. I how, how did that no unfold problem. in your life? The rape. Like, so you, were you a good kid before the rape and the rape set you off or were you already kind of like teetering and messing around with things? And then I was totally teetering. I was a very, when my mom married my stepdad, sorry, dad, like going to call your ass out on this shit because I have to, but I used to catch him watching porn at like five years old, six years old. And so I was like in, I was like very sexually open child and I was the only child. So I didn't have a lot of uh, like training or like, you know, older brother and sister telling me like what's right or wrong. I was just kind of exploring my own and I was a very open spiritual kid. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like sexual at a young age, having orgasms at like probably f- three, four years old, I re- can recall. Wow. Um, I don't yeah. even have that many memories from three and four years old. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot. But of maybe if I was having diving. orgasm, I would have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. I just remember always child and I thought and get Nikki, no. Nikki, no, you know, so it was like a lot, I had a lot of programs around my lower chakras or my, my sexual app, my sexuality that it was, especially with the church stuff. The like, audio oh. cut out. Did you say you were always humping things as a child? Okay. Yeah, I was, that's <laughs> so funny. That, that one cut out. Yeah. I was a humper. <laughs> I was humping, humping corners and bed pillows and stuff. And I would get caught, you know, and it was like, no, like, don't do that. Like, don't, I was like afraid of of the repercussions of that. So it was like a very strange kind of mixed message childhood around sexuality and then being raped and then going to purity camp and like, I'm so wrong for all the things that I've done. It's like, ah, but I'm still a horny kid. So it's like a constant battle with myself on like what was appropriate. Even if I had a boy, like I had a boyfriend from, I got, like after all this kind of shit happened and I kind of cleaned up my act and I, I was like getting saved by Jesus and actually doing church in a like way of like, okay, I'm going to stop smoking weed. I'm going to stop drinking. And I'm like about 15 and I get a boyfriend and he was straight edge. He had never drinking. Did your family know all the rape and everything happened before the purity camp? Or is this a secret in your life? That was a secret at that time. But I've since like talked to my mom about it. I mean, not my aunts or any extended family. Oh, it was a family member. No, it was a random, random person. Dude. Okay, so but it's uh like it's close secret in your family. It's not like just an open secret. But you healing wise, you've told the people in your life that that I had issues. Yeah, yeah that okay. I needed to work through for sure. And so yeah. you go to fucking purity camp. It helps or not at all yeah you're like at that point i think it helped me clean up a little bit but it created a shit ton of self-judgment and but but it's all fear-based but then you're like okay i'm pure i'm are you feeling jesus like the walk of christ a little bit where you're like okay i'm gonna have a boyfriend and clean up and be like what, like a goody goody where you guys did Bible study together, you and your boyfriend? Was he like a church boyfriend? 
He was, he was, I actually (laughs) met him. He was like the new kid in school. And I had like a big high school, like public. Um, Like we had a lot of kids. It was big. And he was the new kid. And for some reason he was in my family life class. (laughs) So we were talking about sex and like babies and doing all that thing. And I just was like really curious about this kid. And he ended up, yeah, we ended up dating for 10 years. Wow. Is he still in your life as a friend? uh, Slightly, you know, like here and there, he was actually just talking about cryptocurrency and he's like all into it. So I'm like, yeah, give me some info, (laughs) but we're not like, I don't see him. And the interesting thing is I'm with the person now who I'm like deeply in love with and we're having a really good relationship. Um, His name is the same. It's Nick and Nick and I'm Nikki. I'm like, what is going on with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> the simulation's broken. It's like glitching the main. I was going to say that I had a friend when I was a young kid that um, humped everything and her name was Nikki. <laughs> that is amazing. Glitch. <laughs> I wasn't going to out it because I'm like, uh, what if this girl and I'm like, I won't say her last name. I've had a bunch of friends named Nikki or Nicole or some version of that in life. I won't solicit. They can out themselves if they want. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's so, funny. That's so funny. Um, but so you were with him for 10 years from so from 15 to 25. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, yeah. And was it all you're a goody goody this whole like a good? No, that no. Usually, I always find that it's very interesting that um, my friends that have been with their uh, partners or boyfriends or whatever since high school the shit they've done together always blows my mind the most of all my couple friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We actually, he was a part of big part of my spiritual awakening because I was still in the Christian, like from, I was probably 18, 19. I moved to Memphis, Tennessee to do real estate investment and like house flips and stuff with him. And he was kind of like a, like kind of broke free from like the religious stuff. He was dropping ass. And you watched it happen because you guys were in church together. Yeah. And I'm like, still like kind of like programmed to like, this is what we do. Like we, we study the Bible. We go to church on Sundays, but he was like doing acid and like mushrooms and waking up. And then, you know, stuff. I mean, I could go into my awakening story, but I was teaching Bible study like in Memphis when I had my like epiphany. Awakening. That's what I want to hear. Like yeah. what was happening in your life? So you're a Bible study, you're in Memphis and he's I'm already woke. Like, he's like getting woke. I wouldn't say he's like spiritually, spiritually woke. Mm-hmm. He's just like understanding a little bit more about like some conspiracies happening and that kind of thing. But, um, what was happening? I was like, my intuition was kicking on, especially like being away from like Riverside where I like grew up. I had all these memories, all this like energetic imprints in my city that like I was kind of stuck in moving to Memphis, like really opened me back up because it was in a new place. I'm like having these new experiences and my first love all of a sudden died. And that's when I stopped going to church because he came to me in a dream. So vivid. His name was Devin. And one day I was in Memphis and 
you know, kind of waking up. I had just done a mushroom trip and I was like time traveled. It was like wild. Uh, there's a lot of things, um, you know, smoking weed. I was like starting to kind of like open back up to like different things questioning and everything again instead of just it, accepting the, the friggin whatever's being fed to you it's just questioning things again just yep. being like huh this is weird why is that like that who put that person in charge why are they allowed to say that it's just once you start just questioning again or even little kid stuff like if i had a dragon what color would it be would i fly or would i breathe water like those kind of simple things I think heal our inner child a little. Absolutely. And reactivate. I feel something in the brain, whether it's the imagination or the, there's some gotta be some wire that's like reattached when we start asking questions that's maybe cut off when we become adults or something. I know it's almost like we've been brainwashed to think, to convince everybody else we have all the answers. Yeah. And we, and like, we're pretending to be like (laughs) these fucking like, (laughs) adults that know shit it's like uh, no we all have to be asking more questions exactly that's That's why i want to do my show i just want to fucking ask questions (laughs) i'm so glad it's fucking perfect timing (laughs) i just want to ask a bunch of questions and see like i kind of where it goes yeah and even it's like god's so vast in everybody's journey from that point because that's what we're i think we're all searching for uh, in our little human flesh of whatever this entity is um it's like we're all trying to find our attachment to source and then once we find it to hear that voice the loudest in us and you know because there's all these voices going on in our head and then Mm. see where it goes from here and i what i'm thinking is i used to think it was all about like me, me, me and fixing this. But now I'm realizing the more I go out and focus on other people, like use the projection of this mirror, this great world where like right now I get to talk to Nikki and sometimes I get to talk to this person. Sometimes I get to talk to that person. This is such a great opportunity to just ask questions instead of fucking teach. Like I can just be a student and somewhere that broke for me that would be like my shortcoming of like something i've been really working on is where in this lifetime did i just become teacher only Mm. like somewhere it broke yep and in that moment of being the student you're still the teacher like right now we're both we're both in the middle that's what it has to be like you have to be on the edge the it's like yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) so okay devin comes to you in a dream and you're a by like you're right now you're Christian. You feel the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah, and I'm teaching like two and three year olds Bible in, in Sunday school. And Devin dies and he comes to me and he I ask him a question. I, the only thing I can think of is like I see him. He like it's like hard to explain, but it was very like a cosmic dream. It was like a, like in space. Like I remember it being like starry or whatever dark but starry and he comes to me and he had these really piercing blue eyes and I'm just looking at him and I'm like Devin I remember it so vividly because it, I, I mean it, I just can't get it out of my head and it's been 10 years I'm like Devin you're dead and he's like and he just smiles and I'm like he didn't have a voice he just had this like energy and I asked him, I said, Devin, is there a God? 
and he looked at me and he just smirks and he says one thing and he said nikki there is a higher power and that was it he hugged me we hugged each other it was like a warm embrace and then it's like his spirit just floated on away and i woke up in my bed in memphis and i was like holy shit nick's laying in my nick first nick <laughs> was laying in the bed right there and i'm just like completely shook i call his mom who i was still kind of connected with and her name was mary and i'm like mary something crazy happened i'm like devin visited me in a dream and it was so vivid and she's like oh honey he's visiting everyone and so what? that yeah <laughs> that fucking blew my mind because she was like a christian woman too goes goes to church and whatnot and so i was like cheney i was like sitting there just like my whole reality just like glitched like the entirety of my life was like what like i felt it like something shifted in me and my intuition turned on like stuff started happening that was miraculous like for instance quickly after that like one thing where i knew shit had shifted and there was like some spiritual shit starting to happen to me was me and nick were walking the dogs in memphis and it's kind of ghetto like honestly where i lived so it's a little sketchy so we were walking we had a pit bull and we we're walking the dogs and we go get some like soda because i'm still drinking and eating like shit at that point and we're walking back to the house and i'm like nick we have to cross the street we have to cross the street and he's like why our house is on this side of the street i was like i don't know let's cross I freaking crossed the street with him. And all of a sudden, like one minute later, a car comes flying down the street, hits the sidewalk right where we would be and flies into the house. It like would have completely took us out. All four of us. I had two dogs. And I was just like, what was that? What voice inside of me told me to cross the street? I just started. That was like questions, questions, questioning everything in my life and a couple months later we moved back to california because i started questioning the person we were working with with the business it ended up being a completely scam artist so it was like things were starting to move and yeah i have still i have so many good things to talk about <laughs> <laughs> do you um when your intuition is there part of your intuition that you feel almost psychic do you know how to read your intuition now well enough where do you have to go to a place does it come all the time is it a mailbox you can check on if you need to how does I'd it work for you at this point in my life it's so innate it's like it's 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 not that I question myself anymore because along the questioning reality I was questioning myself so much I had a lot of self-doubt it took me years and years of like classes and workshops and reading to really develop the self-trust. And I feel like I have that now as like a program. It's like innate in me where I just don't even question. Like if I have a feeling like don't go to that person's house right now or don't do that podcast or do it. It's like, I trust that. It's like a, it's, it, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess that's kind of hard to explain, but it's innate. That's the best word I can find. Yeah, that trust part is 
I feel like what I'm just kind of grasping in the last few months, I used to have everything run through my logic after my mm. instinct. So my logic had to put a bunch on it of the reason I was having. So if I was like, I'm not going to go to that party, my logic had to justify that emotion by being like, you don't really like them anyway. You will hate that scene. You'll not like this. You'll not like it. Like it had to like almost build up a whole bunch of not likes just to trust an emotional feeling of I don't want to like this isn't good for me or I'm not going to appreciate that energy it was like my logic was forcing words to have to be there to explain it and it was fucking up my whole experience like my whole mm. it was like it was my ego was trying to get in the way of my like attachment to source and say it was coming from me and what I was thinking in my brain. So I was thinking like, I have everything figured out. I have all the answers. But really, I think my my instincts and my intuition was super fucking honed. And I was giving my logic all the credit for it. Like, mm. I'm so smart. I know everything. And it was just a really honestly dumb place to be. I didn't realize <laughs> how um, it was. I think it was maybe my masculine protecting my feminine a little bit. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And how are you now? I'm curious. Mm. Gosh, fuck. I am so much a better observer. All my emotions. I have so much work to do, but I can say that I was so dismissive. I was giving unsolicited advice to my friends. I wasn't listening well enough um, oh, to God, them. I had a lot of that. I was being a dad a lot. They were giving that energy to me and I thought like I was the chicken before the egg like what came first like I'm always the dad I was feeling this energy like I always have this emotion like I always have to fix it or they always come to me last after already the shit's fucked up and they like didn't take my advice here but then I'm like huh maybe I'm projecting this energy and that's why they're coming at me with this energy I'm just a girl too and then I kind of had to like have a coming out of my feminine of like, mm. Hey everyone, sometimes I need to be taken care of. Sometimes I need to cry. Sometimes I just need to be a girl too. And it was like owning that and being like, Hmm, maybe I'm a witch, <laughs> you know, mm. like maybe Ooh, I'm, chills. you know, like I just really had to own my girly and also the company of girls like the covening of it all where I'm like with sisterhood. Yes. I, so much of it with my sexuality, everything that came through any kind of filter of love all the way through the root chakra, because this is, I'm a lesbian, right? So these emotions have to be this kind of attachment because the same way I imagine straight men and women must be with each other. It must be mm -hmm. these kind of things. This is, must be the next kind of steps we take. But what about if it wasn't like that? What about if we didn't pollute it? What if we just kept letting the chakras turn on? And what if it was not just one person? What if there was a group of people and we were all facilitating this for each other and it wasn't dirty or sexual, what if it was something different? And um, mm. that's what I feel like is kind of happening in the world a little bit. Like everybody's kind of coming into their power, which is, I think it's giving me some kind of security in my own. And even saying that word, like, yeah, I have powers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I have powers. And the more I say it, the more they're there. And being able to oh, feel that. your energy and know what's yours and being able to feel mine and know what's mine and then realizing when I'm feeling too high off yours, 
questioning, am I giving energy back? That's good too. Okay. Like being really present with the play of energy and knowing that it's really there and it doesn't matter distance and maybe time doesn't even matter. That's becoming the thing that's blowing my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's... I don't want to get off topic, but I just, um, speaking of time not mattering, I didn't know if you ever heard this before. So, you know, the twin flame idea, like we, we soulmates from past lives and all the people that have traveled together through lifetimes. Have you ever heard of the idea of some people come from the future and some people come from the past and then you cross each other? to teach each other lessons that you might bring back to the past and they're going to bring to the future or mm -hmm. vice versa. I never mm -hmm. heard this concept before. It blew my fucking I haven't mind. heard it like that. You I know, might've like just put words. my own words in it. <laughs> I love your words. That's epic. Wow. I'm like, whoa, let me like drink that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Where are you from? Where do you feel like your energy is from? Oh yeah. Um, I definitely feel Pleiadian and there's just something with the Pleiadians. I don't really know. You know, I haven't studied a lot more. It's like, I just feel it. Maybe heard some things and, you know, some dream time travel. And then Lyra, I've always been kind of connected to the star system Lyra and they're like the supposed cat beings. So huh. I've always, and this is, this is because going back to like my younger years, like those really like open kind of innocent years of zero to seven, I was so into cats. Like cats would literally like do what I like projected to them to do. My cats were like so smart and like, we just had this weird, like magical relationship. So I always you know, when I kind of started opening up to like the aliens and uh, other star systems and communication with that, Lyra, Lyra. Yeah. Do you think there's people sent from different star systems or different times to this time right now? I think almost every one of us, especially the, the, the ones awakening or the awakened ones have been sent from these other places that are much higher uh, states of consciousness. Like they just exist in a higher state of consciousness. I'm like here on earth, we're just in this shift right now. So yeah, I just was thinking about that just recently, really deeply, like, wow. Like the more I like meeting a Cheney, meeting like the, the like soul tribe or whatever, it's like, I feel it like there's like we know each other from a different place like it's not just I get chills just thinking that no I think it too I really I'm like when I first met you I'm like oh I know her like here's mm. another person and it was just happening so frequently in my life as my intuition turned on it was like um, almost like I had eyes to see stars for the first time and it was like mm. tink 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 and I used to think kind of Professor X, like, oh, I don't have any superpowers. I really can see superheroes, though. Like, I, I, I like felt like that was my superpower was that I could tell other people, oh, you're a superhero. Wow. <laughs> and that was good enough. Like, I'm just like, oh, Nikki's a superhero. Oh, this person's <laughs> a superhero. Oh, I can see it. And I don't know why the first um, magical 
part that I realized I was projecting onto other people, which is another weird femme word for me to take, but I was realizing that I was seeing like um, a musy energy in people where it was very easy for me to be like, oh, that person's inspiring. I bet you that person's songs are created about. I bet you that person is what a talk is about. Like it's musy. And mm-hmm. then I was just like, oh, maybe I'm musy. <laughs> you know, exactly. so it's like those kind of things of like realizing you're good and you're bad. Um, but these fucking words that seem almost too magical where it's like they've all been Harry Pottered. These are the real words. Yeah, on purpose to break us from the, like it's to make it sound ridiculous. And they knew we were going to be waking up right now. And so there was a reason it was all conditioned to sound ridiculous ahead of time. So we wouldn't follow our instincts and like go to the ether with like, oh my God, why do I feel this? Why do I feel like I'm from a star system? Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't say it, but uh uh, probably because I was just like sort of super judged about it, but fairy, like I'm from the fairy realm. Like I, I mean, some people like can see it really easily with into the into open third eye, but yeah, I've had so many like past life memories and experiences from being a fairy and people are like, that's so fucking crazy. Like you are like out of your mind to think that's real. I'm like, Go to What's like Ireland, a fairy? Um, what would be th- that would be like? What would be an experience of one of your fairy lives? Um, one of the first before I kind of re- I've ever had like a past lifey kind of thing. I was in a women's retreat, my first one back in 2012, and it was about 12 of us psychic women in a house together, and this teacher like guiding us through these processes. And I remember sitting there when she's like going, we're doing like a past life, like meditation. I sitting there in the chair, just like rocking back and forth, like pissed. And like, I wasn't into it. I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Fuck this. And everyone's in this like deep process meditation. And the teacher opens her eyes and looks directly at me. And I'm like, I was kind of jarred, like out of my kind of like anger mode, like resisting this shit. And she's like, Nikki, what's up for you? And I was like, I don't know, but I feel pissed. I feel angry right now. And I don't show that off. Like I'm, I'm, I was like very light and fluffy back in 2012. I was like rainbows and, and unicorns kind of girl, like way over to the light from the dark side, way to the light. So it was interesting to feel that anger come out and she knew it. She like, I stopped that. She stopped the entire meditation and guided me specifically. And she, she asked me, she's like, Nikki, do you remember your life as a fairy? And I was just like, no, like, I didn't know about that. I was like, no. And she was like, Nikki, can you forgive humanity for what they did to your tribe? And I was like, I literally started bawling my eyes out, like out of nowhere. And it was like something so deep. And I just saw fire, 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 fire in my mind. And I guess what came to me was like, 
I just, after that experience, I started studying the fairies. I started, I went to a fairyology, I became a certified fairyologist because I was so interested in this experience. And believe it or not, like almost every culture has their own type of fairy being like Hawaiians have the Menahune. What would be like a fairy? uh, What would be traits of a fairy? traits of a fairy, um, depending on what type of fairy, you know, there's earth fairy, water fairy, fire fairy, flower fairy, you know, so. So it's almost me, like witch. It's like, it's exactly. so infinite. It's yes. like an infinite type of magic, but it's just yep. a different, huh? How different interesting. frequency, but how I experience it is like, I sometimes can know, like if it's a fairy sister, like, it's just a feeling. It might be like the structure of the, like, I don't know what it is even. I don't really know, like anything, but it's just a feeling that I get around certain people or like, I'll notice like some of the like knickknacks that they have in their house or like the way that they garden their, their garden. It's like, you're, you're a fairy. Like, I feel it. I see it. Almost like I can see the wings. They're like energetics. So, you know, that's one of my woo-woo things. And I'm like so owning it now because I think it's time that we remember. It's time that we remember, like, just like in the days of Camelot when Merlin was fucking around and witchcraft was literally, you'd be burned if you were caught doing herbals or. uh, Yeah, pockets were outlawed in dresses. So ladies could not carry herbs. And their spells in their pockets. And so that's why ladies think of how much just in the last decade pockets coming in dresses and how excited. Got it right now on. (laughs) Ladies are like pockets in my dress. They're so like wedding dresses now have pockets. Ladies are so excited about pockets and dresses because innately it feels feels appropriate for us. And then think of other things too. We were told that the bra was created to hold our tits in a certain place, but I would bet the ladies knew there was something they had to carry something. And if they didn't have pockets... And where does your grandma stick everything valuable to her, right? In her fucking bra. Um, yep. The other thing, garter belts. What a perfect way for ladies to carry shits or, shit around. So I think a lot of things that are in history, we did do, but we had to do. We had to mm. hide things like our gun. We didn't have a pocket or a strap to put our gun in, you know? And I even, I'm kind of in this place now where I think the precious metal of lead is really what protects the United States over the fact that guns shoot bullets. I think the more that we're led to believe that cannons and bombs and bullets are the biggest power, it takes away whatever power that probably can shoot out of our hands if we really figure this shit out. Uh, yeah, and so I, I, everything to me is systematic brainwashing down to the core and every, like cryptocurrency, the word crip, dead currency, currency for the dead no thank you i'll keep precious metals the same precious metals that are Mm. conductive with energy and so that's what i think alchemy really is is somebody that has a pure understanding of their energy the conductivity of metals the conductivity of nature what's around us in the atmosphere it's like somebody that has full and then also to see this person come in the room and maybe what energy they represent and how that is going to facilitate this whole new hurricane of life um yeah, I got off on a little oh, tangent. No, but... I love the tangent. That's so, it's like, see, all of a sudden, Cheney's teaching. 
<laughs> because yes, I was like, yeah, wow. I'm like mind blown right now with the pockets. <laughs> You're still like the pockets I'm on like, the dress. I'm still in the pockets. I know. And I even think <sighs> um, little weird, there's um, items that people can put energy into. Mm-hmm. and they can carry that energy around spells can be cast on an item and then you could have a cursed item in your house we know this stuff exists we all know it exists it's the same reason you could go pick up something at a thrift store and it feels so good to have like you are getting something back that you let go of because it has an energy in it and so i think what witchcraft- do you do to clear shit that you feel is like you know maybe from fucking walmart or it's like got some negative juju on it and you know it would have to because of the hands that it went through the same way any meal that's made if somebody puts love as the ingredient if it was in a sweatshop made by a child who everything in their life is fear-based then that thing's fear-based yeah And they put, I even think that Marie Kondo, that um, get rid of all your shit. If you look at it, it doesn't give you immediate joy, dump it. That just made you throw away everything with real connection that you had to any of your history and your people and your life and your your own family's bloodline. They just made everyone dump their shit for what? An Ikea world? So you have these clean lines? That looks really mm-hmm. familiar to the same culture to me that's trying to take us over right now. It's like, I don't know if you should just be throwing away all your shit. Because some of it is, un, like, if it was made by hand, it matters. And nothing's made by hand anymore. It's like plastic, melted shit, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. I freaking agree. I'm like a knick-knacky keeper. Like, little things people have given me. Like, I have altars, like, everywhere because I have so much, like, things that I care about. Even though they're just things. But thank you. Because that's been a little bit of a judgment. Like, oh, it's too cluttery. It's like, I like it. It's you see my little room. If you start hoarding shit because you're scared you're going to lose something, that's when it's different because now it's not the love of the shit around you. Enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But I have this other thing. I think that witches, I have like a cat hair (laughs) in my mouth. It's so funny that since you said the cat thing, and it totally is. my cat big bubba's hair <laughs> that i'm like oh. it's probably on my microphone and then i like got a little too close um, and we were talking i know you said vibes. the cat vibe after lira and i was like <laughs> 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 um i know what was i gonna say now uh something energy i don't even freaking remember now um it, it was gonna be good i felt it items oh i don't know i don't know i'm off topic um fairyology um so if you come from the stars and fairies do you think all the lifetimes are different things like human is just this lifetime but you've been other things have you had past life regression to those other things Mhm Not many but yeah What kind of crazy lives have you lived mm. Well you know I've had a few of the past life human like remember memories but the fairy one is probably the most like weird or different or or out there one was the the memories and you know i mean who am i to say it's a past life is it is it happening right now (laughs) exactly am i just tapping into a future or a 
another aspect of myself living in the forest of Guatemala right now. I don't know. You said like help, like we just have to remember there's such a big part of me that thinks that like, it's all right there. We just have to remember that we know it all still. But I had a friend that had past life regression done so far back that she remembered whatever we let go broke our heart so much as a species we chose to forget. Mm. And that always like really plagued me. Like we, whatever we let go, we, it hurt us so bad that we decided as a whole, it'd be better if we didn't know it. I mean, I feel that, but here we are realizing that forgetting has hurt us even more or it's hurting us even more. Is it collective shadow work we're all doing right Fuck now? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's NPCs around? Do you think some people are just part of the system to keep us in line? Or do you think everyone has the opportunity to wake up? Can you explain NPCs? You know, in a video game, how you play, you're behind the third person that you can control, but then you run across certain players that they only can stay in that room or they're on script or, you know, they, once they walk inside that door, their character doesn't exist anymore to like, it's mm-hmm. not real in the world. It's like, like they're agents of the matrix. Yes, yes. Yes. Like agent Smith or like <sighs> an inception. They're the person that they're the something inside the brain that just make everything stay on course. Yeah. You know, that's such a mind fuck. And I think, mm, yeah, like it's, it's hard to like, like believe that or to like live that. But yeah, I do feel even sometimes like with my own family, I'm like, Oh, agent of the matrix, like is working through them right now. And bloop, when I'm gone, maybe they go back to like their little reality. But I'm like, right now, like, yeah, there's like some weird, I've been having a lot of deja vu. I'm just like yesterday when I was at the indigenous land planting trees with like 30 people, I had multiple moments of deja vu where I was like, okay, I know for a fact that deja vu is a glitch in this fucking reality. So what is this about? And I'm just kind of like watching I had to leave the group. I'm pretty much like that anyway, where I'm like, okay, it's a lot of stimulation of these like people that I'm not, you know, I'm just aware, but I got to leave because like some shit's happening right now. (laughs) So what are some superpowers that you have? If you're a little psychic or a Mm -hmm. psychic. Some superpowers I have is, let's see. I think just like uh, empathy is a superpower. It's a huge superpower. Mm-hmm. Really being able to feel people and drop in with them and really like listen. Uh, listening is one of my superpowers. I guess sometimes on podcasts, I feel like I'm not being a great listener because I'm like talking too much. But in reality, in my world, like I'm a good listener. I listen well. And I think that's a superpower. It's a huge superpower. Not everyone can do it. No. And I have the gift of hearing. Like I can hear things that aren't necessarily from myself. I have giant ears. So I've always had like this very um, like sensitivity or insecurity around my ears. 
But once I started to awaken, I realized that like I was going to have surgery when I was a little girl to pull my ears back because they were so huge and I would get made fun of. So I think another one of my superpowers is the ability to hear things that like a dog, almost like things people Mm. aren't hearing frequencies or thoughts. Like I'll get the. Out of my senses, I always feel like my ears are the strongest. And sometimes when I listen the hardest, I'll shut my eyes. Like my eyes become pollution to what my ears can hear. They're so much better of a sense to me. I feel like I can even hear past what people are saying. Like I can hear their emotions. Like I can hear when they get get flush or when their palms get sweaty. I don't know. I can hear it in their voice or when they get nervous or um, I don't know. Sometimes even need to be protected. Like I can hear Mm. that in their voice of like, um, I'm going to step in sometimes even a, uh, icebreaker of like, okay, I'm going to do something so assholey right now or so like jokestery, like some kind of tension, but I usually just feel it for one person and I just want all that energy that they're feeling on me. Like whatever it means, like I'll take that energy, just fuck, what do I do right now to break this? Um, mm. But I didn't know it was always empathy. Mm-hmm. That's where I just, I feel like November, December, I was like, oh my God, I fucking feel other people. <laughs> Like feel now, do you find that you found a balance between feeling other, because this has been a big thing for me for over the years is feeling other people without taking it on and getting affected by their emotions. I almost feel like the training that I've had because I lived in the logic for so long in my life. I feel really blessed that I'm having the words to give impasse. Like almost like um, my divine masculine was almost so honed for my little bit of feminine to come in that it like my divine feminine has this huge hand to hold the entire time that it never it was only like I felt like I got high off of the energy before I was scorned by the energy. And I realized just for my addict self of like, oh, shit, this is real, real. I'm kind of looshing someone right now, I think. Um, I need to step back from this and figure out like, this isn't my energy and that's their energy. And then I kind of have to like, let it dance a little. Um, the weird part is not verbalizing to people how much I can feel their energy. That's Mm. the part I'm realizing in the 3d world of like, uh, keep it normal of whatever that means of like, even if I'm feeling my instincts and my intuition of using that intuition to be like, don't fucking tell them this right now. That's weird to say. And then there's some times of like, be completely vulnerable. They need to hear that. Yes. Um, and that's really weird because it's not from me. And sometimes I feel like it's really intimate. Mm-hmm. Like it's from a source with them. And you said something earlier, like they questioned you like, Nikki, you have to let humanity go. Like once they started questioning you, almost like it attached a cord to the memory because they were validating it. And I'm finding if I relay something to someone that feels weird and corny for me to say, my first instinct afterwards is I'm sorry. Like I want to pull back like right after it. But if they say, if they start questioning me, I feel like something soft, like it's a friend of mine calls it her soft eyes. Um, Mm. I feel like something happens to my eyes where if, 
they question me, they can have whatever they want. It's like I'm just a cord between whatever source and them and my mouth will yammer and I feel that I'm here, but the question has to be there because I don't know what the, who the fuck I'm talking to. Like the message isn't for me. So if they aren't questioning me, I don't know the questions to ask myself because I don't know you like that. If that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. But if, if I say something like, um, a weird example, that's not a real example, but if I would be like, do you know, like a Tony or a Timmy, if you just said like, um, I know a Timothy, if that like jarred to you that you said that and I'd be like, Oh, does he like do something with his hands? And you like carpenter, then there might be something there, but mm-hmm. I can't, I don't, I'm not just going to be like you because my, I don't trust myself enough to just keep going on this. Well, whatever I see the story, open. they have to be open and it might just be, and I had to learn this early on and I'm still practicing it, but your thoughts in their field are enough. Your words sometimes aren't even helpful. So if you can trust your own energy and your own self enough to know that just your projection of thoughts broadcasting to that person that you feel you need to support or help like life is magic. And then they might look at you and they might create an opening that does that make sense? That's something that I've had a hard time explaining to people is that your thoughts beyond your words are more powerful than anything that you may, but sometimes it is important to say it because they are ready. They're open, but most, and a lot of times people are not open but you're still being powerful and you're influencing. I don't like saying I'm a power or I'm, I forget the other word, but like I, I like to use, I'm influencing the field. I'm like planting the seed where like, I feel like I've done a lot of work in silence, a Hmm. lot of magic in silence. When did you feel like, I think I'm going to start facilitating uh, healing or helping other people do this path from like, when did you know, like, this is what I'm kind of supposed to do? Probably 2012. Like when I when after that women's retreat, I was really during that retreat, like people were coming up to me and asking me about Mother Earth asking me because at that point I had what's her name to you? Mother Earth. Mm hmm. I don't know. I guess I just call her Gaia because I like that name. <laughs> I got introduced to her as Maya. Mm, that's interesting. By because... a Pleiadian, I think. I don't know. The lady wow. didn't tell me she was a Pleiadian, but it was the weirdest fucking thing that ever happened to me. And she just walked up to me. She was really tall and she grabbed my hands and she put them on the ground. And she said, I think it's time for you to meet Maya. This is Maya. That's Earth. Huh. And then she just fucking there. walked away. Oh, and then she said, that is amazing. make sure you make it to the monument. And she pointed at the Washington monument. <gasps> it was all at the DC trip, which is a whole, really? yeah. And she was just oh, one of the that. crazy people of this whole magical experience that even when my friend walked up, she was like, who was that lady? And I was like, I don't know. I never met her before. And she goes, it seemed like she knew you. I was like, I felt like she did. And it was so against my being to let a lady take my hands and put them on the ground to, you know, it was like, mm, that's but so beautiful. Though. It was really cool. Like where I was like, I think I met a Pleiadian 
And I never even thought that ever before in my life. I was not the person that thought like, you know, logic, logic, logic. That makes no logical sense. But it was just like, whoa, I really think all this magic is real. I think all this energy is real. I think some people know about it. I think some beings are well, well, well beyond what. But then I think there's some people looking at you and me right now, like they're getting it. Like there's some people really excited that we're shifting, whatever shifting. You might be looking at me right now like, holy shit, this bitch is getting it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's just like, I can't believe it. I think the world is so much crazier than they ever allowed us to think that it is. Uh Uh-huh. Much. Yeah. When did you, you lean into like the sexual healing of it? Is it mostly ladies that you deal with or also men? Um, I've helped men. Um, but more recently I feel like more drawn to especially being in a partnership as like a sacred union it's like very monogamous mm-hmm. it's like I don't feel drawn to work with men but in the beginning when I was just starting to because a lot of my intuition gifts or superpowers like you call them were hindered because of the sexual trauma because of the the disassociation and the like I just didn't understand sexuality and why I had these blocks but the moment you unlock your sexual energy which I think they know about that's why we've got so much programming around our sexual energy being bad wrong don't some women haven't had an orgasm and they're like 55 years old I can't deal with this. Like I, I really can't deal with this idea. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, it's infuriating to me that, Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, or not infuriating. It makes me sad too, but I'm just like, but it is okay to feel that anger because I mean, it's suppressed. It's been suppressed on purpose. It's the most powerful, potent God force energy we have access to. And we're not taught that we're taught to like just submit or, just take it or whatever. So the, that was real big part of my beginning was the sexual awakening and taking the Tantra workshops and going to Tantra teacher training and going through these like pretty out there processes to heal. As an an attractive woman going through this, do you get preyed upon? Do you find that? I had, I had some like trauma triggered that happened like because of that yeah is it extra traumatic when you're spiritually vulnerable uh-huh. is I it kind of so. like you know i in a way of like kids getting diddled by priests it's like Absolutely. whoa you're in such this raw vulnerable spot for a guru or something to take any kind of not guru not to put that word on it but it is kind of like you're allowing a spiritual teacher, you're being vulnerable with them, but it does seem like something ladies have to deal with really frequently in any kind of spiritual journey. Like there's a lot of guys trying to get their dick wet and um, that kind of sucks. I, I, I have, I'm not it totally, I don't want to project it all on you, but it happens to a lot of my friends a lot where they, you know, find themselves in one-on-one classes all of a sudden and they're like oh my god this is not for what i thought it was for at all and that Mm -hmm. seems like it's spiritually breaking Mm -hmm. that's why we're in 
need of some understanding here and women to take the lead in this realm, I think. At least that's what I've been kind of downloaded with or felt as I've gone through the sexual healing journey is hmm, interesting that back in the ancient -er times, women were the sacred sexuality teachers. Like I think in Egypt, I'm not like real clear on a bunch of history around it, but just things I've heard from teachers and stuff. It's like the women were the teachers. They taught and, and held the space even for men. So I think we're getting back to that. I think we're, because we have to look at how many stories are coming out around, like you said, gurus and spiritual teachers, like having crossed major boundaries with women maybe men too i'm not gonna there's been a lot of trauma for men in the world too but in yeah well i think we have a vagina you enter it it's uh, that's a lot like there's a it's more a sensitive taking on of energy in our yoni would you say it was a portal yes do you think men have a portal Absolutely. And it's in their ass. So do ladies have two portals? Mm -hmm. But mainly ours is in the, because the prostate I'd say is a portal Mm -hmm. that is kind of overlooked because Mm -hmm. of science or whatever, but it's actually like the G spot. There's a spot within the G spot called what I call, or my teacher called the sacred spot. And it's like a little miniature access to the psyche. Do you have to be completely turned on all your chakras to have an orgasm? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Do you have to, uh, can you have an orgasm? Does what, just one chakra have to be turned on? Just stimulation to the G spot? Or is there an emotional, something different that has to be attached? I'd say depending on what your, what your like intention is around the sexuality, like, is it for healing? Do you want to like go through some of your childhood trauma? What is it that you're actually using this sexual energy for? Is it just to have pleasure? That's fine too. But that intention, I think, I think, yeah, having all the chakras turned on is important for sexual healing because if you're, if you're just like, lower chakras are on you're never gonna get anywhere it's just we're spinning the fucking wheels of what we've already been doing as humans in that sexual energy realm you got to bring that sexual energy up into every chakra into boom 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 crown open now you're connected to god with your root lower there's like this symbiotic whatever looping that can happen And it's hard to say in words because it's so like fantastical and energetical, but. Can you have an orgasm without stimulation? Absolutely. Do you think that's like the real work is where people can get, would would that be a whole different kind of meditation where if you could really sit there by yourself for 20 minutes or 30 minutes with no movement? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just using your breath and your consciousness. And, you know, there's a difference between ejaculation and orgasm, especially for men, women too. Mm -hmm. 
there's three types of orgasm. Obviously there's more, you can have an orgasm in your nose or your nipples or your hands or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the yoni, there's three orgasms, the clitoral, which is the most common, the G spot, and then the cervical, which does take a lot of opening open chakras to have a true cervical orgasm. Like they call like, or my tantra teacher would call like the God experience. I've had maybe a couple in my life because you have to be safe. You have to have like true deep, like connection happening intimacy Mm -hmm. for that to be like a real experience or conscious experience. So at least in my opinion, I'm sure there's like exceptions, but yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, no, that's (laughs) there's so many like routes we could like go on just in this subject alone. What what route would you take? Take anyone for this subject. I'm so interested because I think sexual healing is huge for our whole society. I think we've been programmed, uh, manipulated, uh, brainwashed, conditioned to be over-sexualized by the wrong things at a young age. And then every part of our sexuality that they've brainwashed us with also is attached with an insecurity. Gay, straight, black, white, man, woman, everything, every part of your body has been attached with an insecurity. Every part of the sounds you make have been attached with an insecurity, the partner you choose, the everything. And I also think because of the internet and kind of like this way of people letting their freak flag fly and this desperate attempt for like some attachment or something real, not to like take away anyone's, you know, crazy ideas of what sex is, but I feel like the simplicity of it, the simple connection of it, like somewhere it's completely amiss and yeah, I think sex is pretty broken in our culture everywhere for yep. most people. So yeah, yeah. take it wherever you want to talk about it because mm-hmm. um, it's so interesting for me. I even see some of the workshops that you do online with women and stuff and it just seems really wonderful place for a lot of women to be to feel that safe with their bodies and that's safe around other people. And then the energy that comes with it that once it's just the energy... Um, how your flesh isn't really that important of a thing until it is an important thing and it's being touched and that, which yeah, seems like a separate gig. Just a human experience. That's like, yeah. So what's coming to mind right now to say, because it's alive for me and it's been alive for a while is I, the programming is so deep around women or even men, but like meeting somebody else to turn you on in order to then have an orgasm or an orgasmic experience that that reliance on something outside of you to stimulate you. That's such like a deep program. I'm still dealing with it. I'm still, I mean, I've done a lot of work and I'm still dealing with it. Like sitting with myself and just having that ah, intimate time with my own body. It's like, shit, there's so much like blockages there. So what's coming to mind is maybe someone who's listening will 
feel this, but like, it's so important to have the relationship sexually with yourself first, foremost, especially people that want to have a partner or who are in partnerships still have that relationship with your own sexuality. So you can do, because what happens is when you stimulate your sexual energy, all your shit comes up because that energy is kundalini. That energy is fire. That energy starts to burn away all the things that do not serve you. So shit will come up. Shame will come up. Guilt will come up. Um, Frustration, anger, shit will come up. Like no fucking doubt. You just be ready for it and not to be afraid of it. Like really, it's like it's a it's a tool that we have that we're just beginning to tap into again as humans that have been suppressed. So I think for women, especially because men, I feel like, yeah, they got the masturbation like it's kind of what men need to do. That's we can go there next. But for women. Being able to really turn yourself on is so key to really like touch your own body. What do you like? What does your yoni want? And your yoni is different every day. Sometimes you just want to be fucked over. Railed. God. Exactly. <laughs> but some days you're soft, you're sensitive. Maybe you're getting close to your menstrual cycle and you're like, mm, I'm tender. And I just like, oh, shit's, I feel like fucking emotions coming up. Like sit with yourself, touch your breasts, like love every little piece of your body. And just, like it's all cells. It's all like little beings, you know? So that, that's something, especially in a partnership that I find hard for me to like keep because before partnership, when I was kind of like broke free from the 10 year relationship, I was really finding my own beingness finally after 10 years of being in a partnership that I would feel guilty for masturbating. So you know, going out into Tantra world and having like all these healing moments, I started getting toys and um, all sorts of different, like yoni eggs. I don't know if you've heard like jade eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is a jade egg? I have to get better at saying it, asking you though. (laughs) This is where I'm still working on my interview. Yes. I, what is a jade egg, please? (laughs) A jade egg is like a crystal egg there. They come in different sizes but you insert them into the yoni and basically it was a Taoist practice for women to strengthen but also it can be used for healing so if you can't go to a tantra workshop or you know especially with covid like there's no workshops like that happening right now you can do healing on yourself at home. It just takes a lot of focus and tension knowing that you're going to have some deep resistance because whatever the the demons, the, your own inner, like ego knows when you turn on your sexual energy, it doesn't, they don't have a, they don't stand a chance. So, you know, just taking simple, simple, like putting the egg in, for instance, I'll just give an example. Maybe that's the best way is like, um, I needed, like, I went to these Tantra workshops. I had a lot of healing during these, these workshops, like around sexual trauma and just not even being able to feel like a lot of times I'm like, I'm numb. I don't feel anything like, yeah, I can have an orgasm, but it's not like anything special. So I would take the Yoni egg and 
I just set the intention because right crystals hold energy crystals hold intention. So I would like kind of meditate with the Yoni egg and put it inside and just walk around all day and notice like, wow, like there were moments where I'd have like embodied, like, wow, I'm actually more grounded. I'm actually feeling what I need to feel. Sometimes I would just like, you know, be in my bed or just like sit with myself, but in partnership, like now that I'm in a partnership, I'm just finding like, wow, there's some programming around being in a partnership and keeping my own sexual energy flowing without the need of like, oh, I should just like be with my partner. Well, wait, I also need to work on my own shit sometimes to process emotions or because I find that sexual energy and sexuality is the best way to pro or the fastest, maybe not the best because there's so many ways. It's the fastest way to cut through your bullshit and to process the things that maybe need to be cleared from the, from the, from the physical body or the mental body. So maybe that's too many words. Do you think like people, I mean, I've said to friends of mine, like sometimes you need a good cry. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to go and do a kickboxing class. Like your emotions and your energies have to have a release somewhere you can decide where they're going to be released. So why not jerk off? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, I know it seems like such a crazy, like, yeah, you could go to the gym and punch a bag. You could sit and ball in a room for a whole day where you have puffy eyes and a headache. You could just get railed or rail yourself maybe and be done in 20 mm -hmm. minutes, have a good cry, take mm -hmm. a shower, eat a good meal, sleep good tonight. <laughs> And exist in the more of a pleasurable state. Yeah. yeah. And you know, what's interesting with the Tantra like work that I've done is it takes all of that, say the kickboxing or the emotional release, like some of the deepest cries and like, like reenacting like the rape, for instance, during a Tantra session. Wow. Re and actually physically embodying saying no fuck you get off me everything you and regret not saying exactly while naked and vulnerable and crying and then the key great you did that but the goal of life is to exist in bliss like we just really all want to be happy i think we all really just want to get along and like enjoy our life and enjoy our food and enjoy this human experience. We just got to cut through all this bullshit layers that we've attained because we're in a matrix program society that doesn't want that. So just interesting because then after maybe you reenact a rape or like, okay, I'm sorry. Seeing the sexual energy. I know. Yeah. Uh, it so, starts moving. Yeah. Um, and you were saying you reenacted the rape. And I was going to ask you, uh, and you were all vulnerable and all naked. And I was going to ask you, when you do that whole thing, do you think it's kind of like time travel? Do you mm -hmm. go back to little, you know, 12 year old, 11 year old you, and you're so present in that moment? that it actually changes it then like a ripple effect forward in your life. Do you think it's say yes for me? Yes. Because after that experience, I'd say 
it took a little integration time, but now I can tell that rape story as a surviving, empowering, inspiring story instead of victim. It's like something shifted. Like a like vibration. I, yeah. Does it, yeah. do you feel like sometimes the traumas that happen to us had to happen to us because it's part of the way we heal the collective by gathering the words mm-hmm. for somebody and else? Maybe, yeah. And maybe even just the, like for me, it's like, okay, I feel like I, I, because if I'm the creator of my reality and I'm taking 100% responsibility for whatever has occurred or whatever will occur in my life, if I'm taking 100% responsibility, then I created the rape. How the hell are you going to tell that to someone? It's like, mm, you know, so now I have a story where I say, you know, this, I created this in my life because now I can relate to other women who have been abused. I can relate to children who have been raped as well. I can, you know, that's why it happened. So I think, yeah, I think we have to go through some of these things that are kind of brutal, like sex trafficking, all that crap. It's like without judgment, it's like it's happening for a reason. We just have to stay curious. We have to, you know, we have to heal ourselves so that we can not play victim. Because it's giving our power away too much, like in our society right now. We're all like healing and, you know, every day still. When do you feel like, you know, if 2012 and you decided to, you know, become a teacher and kind of come into all this, when did you feel like, I have a good grasp on this now? Like, I kind of feel like maybe even ready to meet the partner that you have now, like I'm healthy, like I'm a good, where you're a good mirror where when you saw him, you were like, this is good for me. When did Mm -hmm. that kind of start to click for you? Mm. Honestly, I'd say this year, like this year, because last year, I mean, I, I feel like I've always had it, but I, it's getting more grounded now. And How long have you guys year, been together? We've been together a little over a year, but we had a break. Like when we did, when we met, we were separated. Me, me and you met, me and Nick were separated. Oh, okay. So we just got back together. I wouldn't say get back together. I don't even like that term. We have re-emerged together like in a new way we're not those past people. We did so much work in three months on ourselves and just realized like, wait, we really fucking love each other. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we playing the game of like pretending that we aren't heartbroken about it? So I'd say just this year, I feel much more confident, passionate and joyful as a leader in the world where before it was like, yeah, I could do my readings. And like, I was a good listener coach. I have a lot of wisdom and information to give people, but now I actually feel it in my body. Like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Like, why am I playing small? That's like my little nerd inside of me going like, stay small, stay small. Don't like, don't get too big. Cause you might get killed. 
I read something last night on my way to bed that imposter syndrome is the last stage of your ego death before awakening. Like, it's like when you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, like imposter syndrome is that last demon that tells you, you shouldn't do this. You have no business doing this. Who needs to hear your voice? Who needs to like, that's the last. I had that coming on this podcast. I had that today. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Get out of Yep. I'm not listening. <laughs> no, I always, I, yeah, I, there is that voice, that voice separating it from yourself. Like there, everybody has this like, almost like a dark passenger that is there to be like that person um, thinks you're dumb. That person thinks you're ugly. That person doesn't like your, the color of your skin. That person doesn't like your sexuality. That person it's like, that is not usually the way the world is going at all, but we're all just like, (laughs) you know, high, like listening to this voice, but I'm pretty sure that voice is talking to all of us, whatever that voice is. Mm. um, That's, it's got to be dying. That can't be coming with us to the next dimension or the next quantum leap. That voice of unsurety, unsure, unsurety. Is that a word? <laughs> if it should be. It should be. Now it is. Now it yep. is. Uh, when was the last time you cried? Oh God. I just had the, during that leadership training, I actually cried last night. Was it last night? No, two nights ago. But I mean, I cry, I'd say like once a day, like, a little tear happy tears sad tears yeah just depends like wow i'm super touched by someone i get touched tears a lot that's usually my most tears and i'll find that i touch my heart when something touches my heart (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like my hand exactly it's like a natural thing yeah and then when i had like the last big big cry was during like the leadership training the mom and dad process and then they actually took us through our entire like a lot of things happened, but I had a deep cry, like to the point where like I had a little eye mask on that was just full of water. I was like, wow, that was a lot of release. It felt so refreshing. Actually. You said you have daddy issues. Would I that be if you were a person? I think I have mommy issues. I'm working yeah. on those, but I just, uh, it's kind of funny because um, I've, a lot of people like guy friends of mine, they'll be like, Oh, weird, a lesbian with daddy issues. And I'm like, actually, no, I have no, I don't think I have daddy issues. I think they're mommy issues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have daddy issues for sure. Like not having a, like my dad, my biological dad was never there. And then having my mom marry this guy who's like, kind of like, I mean, I call my dad, but I haven't seen him like 11 years. He's like rigid and like strict the Baptist Oh, his yeah. dad was the bad you know so it was like I had a lot of like resentment towards him and like why I don't feel like I have a voice or why I don't feel like I'm uh good enough or I have insecurities around you know relationships or around my physical body or too many wrinkles or blah 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 it's like really comes like I had to let go of some of that last week I was like, shit, I didn't know I was still carrying that. I thought I did a lot of work around dad, but I still had it. And I mean, letting it out was so major and it didn't come with a cry. At first it came with anger and screaming at him into a pillow, all the things that, you know, I never said. 
You think it's kind of important that people vibratory get their words out somewhere, mm-hmm. even if it's not to the person? Mm-hmm. Because quantum mechanics shows that it doesn't matter if they're there or not. It's quantum physics. Like they're going to hear it anyway. If you have that intention set, I feel like I was talking straight to his face. Like I, you know, so no, I think it's, it, they, people, we as humans need to express ourselves, even if we can't do it physically. And a lot of times what's interesting, we do it. And then the physical opportunity actually does come about because whatever synchro destiny. You've almost practiced it. You're like rehearsed because you've already done it before. Do you think you can heal ancestral trauma? Yes, that's a huge thing right now. What would be ancestral trauma? Mm. This is the first time I may have brought it up on my show, so I should ask somebody that's a um, professional in it (laughs) what it is. Yeah. So like just three days ago, I'm talking to my mentor, telling him kind of like the process of the leadership training and like, fuck, I feel raw. Like I'm raw. I'm open. He's like, Nikki, you're not only doing this work for yourself. You're doing this work for your lineage. Your ancestors are all benefiting. Can you feel it? And I'm like, you know, I I do feel it. I don't even question it. I don't even know how to. What he said as well is don't try to figure it out. Don't let your mind try to manipulate the experience. You're here on the planet to be of service. You don't need to know all the details of your history and your past. Just know that whatever you're going through and the breakthroughs that you're having right now in regards to your dad, your mom, your boyfriend, your own physical sexuality, your own psychic abilities, guess what? That's in your, that's, you're doing this for your family. And the fact that I don't really know my father, but I know a couple things about him, that he was pretty magical and that he had the ability to hypnotize people like that. That's like, where does that come from? Like you have that. I have to tell you one of the first, I think whatever the first time one of the first times we've done a few shows together and been on camera a few times before together. Mm-hmm. Um, you did something one time, my, and you probably, I don't even know if you were paying attention to me, but I remember my energy and I had all this production stuff going on and there was a lot of people in and out of the room and I had paperwork and I don't even know if you meant to, but you did something that I was just like, and I'm not hypnotizable. I've been around hypnotists forever, but something was very like my attention, my broken attention was focused. And I don't Mm -hmm. even know if you were, had anything to do with me, but I thought like, huh, like I even was taken aback from the energy for a minute where I sat back like, oh, wow, that was kind of crazy. Like it was just a very focusing mm-hmm. that you did um where it felt hypnotic so it was I weird do that you remember said that. one moment where I was like kind of overwhelmed with all the men energy that we were dealing with the dudes mm-hmm. and I do remember focusing on you and like almost psychically talking to you so maybe that was the moment maybe not but I remember there were a few moments where I was like just focus on Jamie <laughs> but I feel like maybe when you did that 
I was like Cheney focus, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it's so interesting. Even that you're saying that right now. Um, I wonder if it was like the same moment. I will never watch back. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I just, I, it's interesting that you said it like, okay, that's a little validation to me. Cause you're also one of the people when I was going through my spiritual awakening mm-hmm. that I was just like, oh, that person has this energy thing that I feel like, oh, it exists now. Like, I didn't know what it was yet. It's like weird to say energy and magic and powers and all these words we just keep throwing about. But there's something metaphysical that's happening. Once my I open my intuition to it, you were one of the first people that I'm like, oh, this person sees that way too. Mm. Um, where it was interesting, like just as a species, like, oh, that person has those gifts what's a, <laughs> what a, a i've never seen this before i'm on the second story but a lizard just like goes across the window right here so whatever that is <laughs> w- lizard medicine the spirit animal of the lizard <laughs> we'll have to look that up later i know i always do everything waking life so stuff when it's so crazy um i'm like what's it mean to dream of a lizard on a window like yeah. i just look up everything like huh. a dream dictionary about my real oh, life that's so genius because this is the dream yeah i don't sleep at all really i wish i didn't even have to sleep it's a waste of time i wish i could just stay up the whole time i love staying up i have Mm -hmm. fomo of life when i have to shut my eyes but i don't have a huge dream world i'm not an astral traveler i don't remember any of it so i am last night it was like intense dream time yeah i have a question for you yeah that just came what do you fear most Mm, fear most I fear being helpless and not being able to help somebody else I hate when anyone I can feel that they need me in any way shape or form and I'm helpless to it if it's even I think that's been like the COVID of it all or even the vaccine of it all or I don't really know how to save them from their state or their bad relationship or their bad uh, president or their, you know, whatever. So there's this bit, I hate feeling helpless. And so whatever ways I have to put my life, sometimes it's financial. It seems like space, like land right now would make me feel less helpless because then it would give me this ability to be like, okay, come. Like I, like if I had space, like you have no need to be scared anymore. Just come here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's mm. what I fear the most is being helpless. Mm. Watching the building burn and somehow being cuffed from being going back inside. Mm. To save the. the yeah, I, yeah, I think I or I don't want to get out first. It, that's what I feel like kind of being woke is it's like we're out of the building first. Yeah. And, and and we don't want to have to watch what's going to happen. And I hate everybody's fear. That's my scariest. Like I see them, you know, with their mask on and standing in line and not letting their kids go to school and not opening businesses. I can feel their fear. And it used to cause me tons of anger. And I just felt like, fuck them as a species. Now, I think because of all of it, it's just giving me this like, what if they're never going to wake up? What if I am different than them? 
maybe I need to protect them somehow. Like something has to shift. Like if I'm a different species than them, I can't belittle them or fuck them the way they keep getting fucked. They have to be protected somehow until they're ready. I don't know what what that means. Yeah, That's so interesting. What you just said about if they're a different species than me. And it just gave me a flash of like nature, like, like birds, for instance, aren't worried about the lizard that just crawled across the window. It's like, or the tiger's not pissed because the deer doesn't tiger. Exactly. Wow. That's a big deal right there. It is. And how do we let go and surrender to it and just fucking shine out our brilliant love and compassion? Like, to everything without judgment. God. You know, they say the instrument of God, like be an instrument of God, be an instrument of God. And if Mm -hmm. you think of the word instrument, like the first thing that might come to your mind might be a violin. And the first thing that might come to my mind might be a screwdriver. Um, Mm -hmm. Think of all the words that mean instrument in between those two words. And so if I said again to you what it meant to be an instrument of God, Choose wisely, but it's going to be something different. Now, if I am the best hammer of God, the best hammer of God, and I'm going around teaching everyone how to be a hammer, well, does a violin hammer a good nail in? Does a screwdriver, does a paintbrush, does a, you know, lawnmower? So it's like the idea that I would be able to teach you how to hammer is pretty fucking ridiculous. But... If I am like, oh, you're a paintbrush and I might never teach you how to paint and you might never teach me how to hammer, but now what can we build together? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it becomes a fuller picture somehow. Yeah. And a fucking full radical acceptance of what is. Yeah, but we're all told we're just this human flesh. But like, I don't think I'm from the stars. I have a bunch of friends that get pissed at me because they're like, why don't you just admit you're a star seed? And I'm like, I said that almost in my broken Jamaican accent because I was totally <laughs> mocking one of, I wasn't mocking, but I was totally hearing one of my friends being like, I do not understand why you're so in love with Earth. <laughs> like when the spaceship comes for us, why, why will you not come with us? And I'm like, I'm not going with you. I'm going to stay here, but I will see you in 6,000 years. I feel like I have to stay here with them. <laughs> Right. I don't know oh, why I, I have this it. big protect. Like, I'm not going to leave. If Christ comes himself and says, all right, come with me, my children, I will not go yet. Mm-hmm. I have this idea of like, it sounds so um, 17th letter. It sounds so cute to say, but I just really feel where we go on, we go all. Like, we're all in this together kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you're, you seem like, And person that's also open that in 20 years, if the world's burning and you're like, okay, maybe that shifts and, or you burn with it, you know, I, I don't know. Or you're like, you're on the spaceship and you're like, all right, bitch. Trainee, get (laughs) up here. I promise. (laughs) We'll be back in like, it won't even be any time. Yeah, You won't even (laughs) notice the 6,000 years. It'll be such, it'll be eaten when we get back. Okay. Before I totally get you out of here, something that I wanted to talk to you about, um, is your art. Uh, do you meditate in your art? Do you do it to get out your pain, your love? What, 
go into it. I want to hear why you create. When I first started creating art, it was mainly just to tap back into my feminine, honestly. And then I really started painting mandalas. Mandalas are a healing journey in itself. Those I really paint because I've had a lot of pain. What would be a a verbal explanation of a mandala? Of a mandala, um, something that is circular. It doesn't even have to be circular. How do you explain a mandala? God, I should read a mandala book. Um, It's like a sacred, sort of like a sacred geometry, like uh, a Sri Yantra. uh, Maybe it's hard to flower of life. Um, Mandalas can really be anything, but there's usually a center. And you work from the center outward or from the outward to the center. And it's like a journey. So every color that you pick, every every stroke that you paint, there's like an intention behind it. And what I've noticed in my workshops with my teacher, uh, Paul Houston who is like the mandala dude, he basically like we all have an intention. We all have a reason why we want to like have a creative outlet or whatever. But a lot of times it's because there's pain. And he always says like, why do you think it's called painting or painter? Because a painter is turning pain into something beautiful. That just like stuck with me. And like this year, for instance, um, my uncle who I was really close with, he was kind of like my dad who I never had, who was like, he loved my hippie ass that moved to the farm and lived in a tent. And I wanted to bring up your uncle today, but it was like the energy wasn't there. And I didn't want to, um, I didn't know any of if you were healed from that at all, but I know that's been like a really hard time for you in the last, you know, few months. Um, so I'm glad, um, you it's brought him up. Now. Go on. Yeah. So yeah. go on. Sorry. The mandala that I'm working on, I haven't finished yet. And there's always a reason. Like if I stop on a painting, it's because I'm not ready to finish the process of what that painting was necessarily like started for. So it's funny. Like I have that painting with my, that was kind of dedicated to my uncle and my mom's fiance who both passed. What was your uncle's name? Uncle Brian. Uncle Brian. I just think and it's like important that these, we say, yeah. And, and give them yeah. like, a little bit of energy to wherever they're traveling from and however many people hear this and they hear it and they think of somebody in their life named Brian and that spell and that word and it goes around and I think it's a huge energy. I think it's powerful. Yes. So, so rest in power, Uncle Brian. Yes, Uncle Brian. Thank you for all the crazy fucking shit you did. Like dressing like Santa and Easter Bunny. So, but back to mandalas. Yes. Okay, so like the painting. Um. There's always like every, every time I've seen, like there's a process that we go through and the mandala itself, like has been painted for that before Christ, like mandalas have been painted for thousands and thousands of years. So there's a alchemical process to it. Like I started painting hardcore this year when my mom, my aunt, my uncle, and my mom's fiance all got COVID and were like, super sick like they just got hit with it like I don't I was like I didn't even believe in like I didn't know what to believe but then all of a sudden it hit my family killed two of them 
of course it was the men that just, it's so weird. I don't want to get into that, but I started painting a lot because I was, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm having like a hard time here. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm like freaking out. My Kundalini energy was like really activated. I was having like sleepless nights. It was like, so I just might call my teacher and he's like, Nikki, come to the Nikki, come to the studio. And I just started painting. Um, and it's healing. It's like, there's something. So yeah, I'd say I do it for pleasure, but I feel like the inspiration, like I find it like if I'm in pain, like I'm painting more if I'm not. And I'm just like, okay, I'm cool. I'm like not painting as much. So there's something to that. There's an alchemy, alchemical thing. Like I'll paint for pleasure, but it's like, it really comes when I'm in like a darker place. Are your tattoos the same? Do you tattoo yourself when you're sad? Mm -mm. No, but that's an interesting idea. I only have one tattoo. I think I tattooed myself when I was sad. It's been a little, yeah, I I think it's like, um, almost like a cutting, um, but then inks in the cut. So it's like a permanent scar. I can look at all the time. But it took me a few years to like, oh, that's exactly what I'm doing. It's like I'm a teenager mm-hmm. cutting myself in my closet <laughs> to feel. <laughs> to feel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost painting, painting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. You- and I just love it. It's like you can see. I mean, they can't see it, me, but yeah, they're just hanging everywhere in my house now <laughs> because I just keep making them. But it's a healing journey and anyone can do it. That's why I love, like, that's like, I'll, honestly, it's one of my goals in life is to become a, like I took a teacher training to teach to how to paint these mandalas because I've seen such transformation in myself painting them. And I've seen so much transformation in the workshops that I've gone to and hosted with my teacher. Um, can you read other people's mandalas almost and be like, Oh, I can see like their pain journey or their healing journeys. Absolutely. And you know what? Shit always comes up. Even if they think they're just sitting there in this class to like, just, I'm just here for the workshop. No, you're not like, we'll see that about that. And then can you tell just from, if they're starting from the outside in or inside out, mm -hmm, that that's a message in itself every like once you get into these mandala paintings it's like every single aspect is a message kind of like you said with like the lizard what does that mean it's all a dream so the colors that they're choosing I've seen people like it's like their inner child kicks on and it's like they don't know what to do they're stuck they hate what they did ew it's ugly fuck it uh it's like what's going on with you right now oh well I'm like judging myself. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. It's like, when did you feel that as a child? Well, my dad and my mom like never really nurtured my creativity. Well, here you go. Pick a color. What color feels good to you right now? Green. Great. Get the green. Don't think of anything else but the green and put it on your painting. Oh, and then you see this like light turn on. It's like, oh, okay. It's like some sort of weird like psychological, energetical, alchemical, inner child, like healing. So I want to teach these workshops. That's why I think it's awesome. (laughs) And I want to teach to kids too. 
like little, yeah. Yeah. Instead instead of them ever getting broken or ever conditioned to always keep them open. Yes. I love this. Okay. If somebody wants any of your art or any of your healing or coaching or one of the other more brilliant words that I'm sure goes with you, but we haven't quite figured it out yet. (laughs) Um, Spiritual alchemy. Mm. How do they find you? Right now I'm working on my website. I'm working on getting, you know, the third dimensional things taken care of, but right now they can just find me on Instagram. That's how I book my sessions. So at one cosmic love is where I, you know, just message me and, uh, yeah, we, that's how I set up my appointments or just even to chat or, you know, get, get connected. I love my little, I haven't been very active since my uncle died. I honestly stopped being super active on Instagram as much like doing my readings and posting the videos and stuff, but I am feeling like it'd be so beneficial to like reconnect with some soul tribe, especially you, Cheney. Thank you. Like, I really didn't know that I needed this, but I needed this. (laughs) I am so glad you did it. I knew I like wrote my list um, out right away when I first decided because I knew I had to do this show, but I've gone back and forth with like having the courage to do it because doing stuff by myself always feels so egoic. And then I also don't like failing alone. And it's just Mm -hmm. a whole my own shadow work but Mm -hmm. you were definitely um on my list of first people that i'm like i can't wait to sit down with her reestablish this and hopefully um we can hang out more often and anything you ever want to come and talk about and uh feel free to always contact me or if you ever do anything um i will come and blab my mouth or share my thoughts (laughs) heck yes thank you for doing this cheney i'm proud of you i feel like you are leading so many thank people you. that yeah you thank might not you. ever see but you're affecting the field thank you so much I feel like you're affecting the field too like I feel you right now and mm-hmm. I hope me too um, oh, that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right um, well I hope you have a fantastic rest of until I talk to you again and this was awesome until the next now <laughs> all right bye Nikki <laughs> bye So she has been Chaney, and now she's off to smoke a blunt. See you next Tuesday, you fucking cunts. I'm an intuitive guide. That's like, I mean, but that doesn't like encompass. I'm an artist. I mean, paintings. And then I do session work. Um, A sacred sexuality teacher, intuitive guide and, and mandala artist. But you can shorten that. I mean, what maybe you could help me right now, just come up with something simple because you've been interviewing people like, what do they say? I'm still like, this is what I've realized. This is what I'm in life for some reason in like December. I don't know why, but the word witch started to feel like this Hmm. word I needed to inhabit and own and like 
because it made me feel a way that didn't feel great. And I knew what the like brainwashing was. And then out of all my history digs, I found tons of secret societies, none of women. Um, I find tons of history, not a lot of women. I see them goddess worshiped, but not in real tangible ways unless it's like Mary and Elizabeth, like these two fucking queens that it's like they're going at each other. It's always glass ceiling shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which it's like, huh, every time these ladies seem to like come into their own power, they get burnt or slaughtered or killed or enslaved or raped or whatever. So there's just this like encompassing word. And I've realized in my lesbian, it feels a little feminine to me. And I have mm-hmm. other butch lesbian friends. Um, and witches in general, that they're like the sexual energy that a woman loses um, from sex. Like there's a magic that goes with it when they don't protect themselves. And so ladies are just like letting things into them all the time and letting shit out of them all the time. And so these gold star lesbians, I'm not a gold star, but I, they have this innate power that if we were in a coven back when they would have been like and so this one girl I know she's like pretty masculine she's like I'm not gonna ever be a fucking witch <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so her word that she likes is practitioner she's Ooh. a practitioner but then a lot of people like the word alchemist but there is something that we're all like coming into our own magic that's good right there energy alchemist energy alchemist yeah and artist and I just okay, like so it can get creative. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be. I'm just like I'm so sick of hearing. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I'm like, I mean, I coach. I can coach people. I do that, but it's like I just hate that label. And a guide way. feels. And holding like, space. Every every word's losing its meaning of what it used to. Like I'm here holding space for you now. Feels like hold fucking space. Like and it used mm-hmm. to be like such a powerful thing thing yeah Yeah. i'm praying for you you'd be like thank you now you're like go pray for somebody who fucking like it's just like Mm -hmm. what's happened to all these words it's like 